Spark your creativity with The Sims. Sometimes you might feel like you're not creative, and you have to go in search of your creative spark again. Maybe this is catching up with creative friends, experimenting with a new look, or trying out a new recipe. And thanks to The Sims, inspiration is just one game and one spark away. Ready to spark something? Download The Sims 4 and play for free. Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Mother She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is my friend, Sherry Jacobus. We don't always agree on everything, but we agree on most things, and I think we're going to have a good time. But before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, listener-funded, and woman-run. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup to see the variety of tiers offered, including the option to get two bonus What's Up episodes per week. Kind of like my online journal where I get a little more personal and talk about whatever is on my mind. There's also an ad-free tier with a much shorter intro. Just visit patreon.com. Dot com slash start me up. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Sherry Jacobus. Welcome back to the show, Sherry. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been I love a long being time. with you guys. <laughs> I know. It's been a I just looked at the last time you were on was May. Fucking A. Was that was it a while. Yeah, oh my it was gosh. May. Okay. So, I mean, I know. Uh, what's the deal with your podcasting? Are you doing podcasting still? I'm doing podcasting. I have mine is once a week. It's on Patreon as well. And it is Politics with Sherry Jacobus. Awesome. Audio only. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, me too. I love the audio only feature. Um, I, I, You've I just, been on my podcast. I know I have. And, and Bob was on your podcast not too long ago. That's so right. we yeah. were both we were both on. Um, but you know what? Okay, so here's what I keep thinking. Uh, this is running through my head. And it's been running through my head for ever since she posted it. But Kristen Johnston, I believe it was in maybe early 2022. She said, I guess we peaked in the 90s. <laughs> it's like oh no <laughs> that's like it just fucking haunts me i think about it all the time and you know uh, what we're well bob and i are watching again we're watching sex in the city like i don't know how many times so am I. oh really? my god i've been watching it on this marathon this winter oh my god not the, not just the movies but the actual yes, series, the series because that was kind of my era me too you know <laughs> me okay, too okay now are you if you're watching it you know back to back are you noticing things that you didn't notice the first time around well i mean i've seen it through about 70 times so uh bob and okay. i have watched it uh, I don't know. I don't know how many times we've watched it over and over and over again. But what I do notice is like I have less patience for them. I I, I criticize Carrie all the time. I find that she's incredibly selfish. But at the same time, I love it because it was I always called it like my girl Bible. I felt like, oh, my God, this is me. You know, this combination of these women. I could find them. I find all of them very relatable except for Samantha. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is over the top. She's over the top. A hundred percent. Yeah, there's there's something going on there. I don't know. I've never known any woman who's like that. Now I've known women who were like sluts or whatever. (laughs) And um, but that you but if they were over the top in that area of their life, there was usually some accompanying other mental or emotional issues. Um, I never knew anybody who was that promiscuous who seemed that mentally healthy with it. It just those are the two things that don't that don't link up to me that might be politically incorrect but the samantha character well i think she's hilarious and i enjoy Mm -hmm. her completely um doesn't seem realistic you you know what i i'm so glad you brought this up because i've said this to bob she is billed as like having sex like a man but i don't think she does i think she's in she's the patriarchal fantasy she's the woman that can't get enough sex but does all the things that men want women want from and of women and she almost like even bob has noticed that when she's on camera everything looks different than the rest of the show it's almost like soft porn and she almost you know they because she is so sexual and the way that they film her and even her attitude and everything she everything is she talks like this and yeah it's kind there's of, something yeah. off and it wouldn't make sense that she could be that close friends with somebody like charlotte right um <laughs> so the things so yeah so they conveniently yeah there's a lot of things that are convenient and the other thing i've noticed is that um the fashion for one thing yes uh, you know I, li- I lived in new york for three and a half years and women don't dress like that no. i mean you might see people dressing a little bit funky 
you know, in the village yeah. or something and the younger women, but you can't wear shoes like that in no. New York and do anything. No. <laughs> I mean, and in New York, you walk everywhere and yeah. you see them walking all the time and it just doesn't, it's just not realistic. <laughs> no. um, and, and if you have a wardrobe like that, you need huge closets, which also you don't of have course. in New York. Yes. Um, so the, the fashion stuff, and I always see Carrie when she's walking with anybody down the street or with a man or whatever, and she's in a little strappy thing, uh -huh. you know, a little spaghetti strap showing all the skin, and he's like wearing a coat uh -huh. and a sweater. <laughs> you know? In New York, you, you can't wear a strappy thing like that, like maybe maybe two months out of the year. So right. anyway, <laughs> those, those are my observations, but I'm still hooked on the series because it is a little bit of an anthem to um, it is an era. It is. Yeah. And it's a postcard yeah. for New York. I mean, it's like this big kiss to New York. It's so great to kind of get that feel and you know as far as Mr. Big is concerned uh, aside from the actor or I'm just talking about the character as far as that storyline there wasn't one man in my life that was like oh he's my Mr. Big it was kind of a mix of different ones because there was like one guy that I met that had a little bit of what Big had and another guy had a little bit of what Big and and it was funny too because there was this one guy that I dated off and on and we never loved each other it was just a kind of like we had an affection but th there was really no real connection between us we just dated we had sex we had a good time but it was nothing serious. But I would get confused because we would have sex. And so at some point, you know, we would go out for a while and then he would piss me off. And then I'm like, St I don't want to see you anymore. And so we'd stop. And then one of us would get a hold of the other one after some time and we'd start again. So it was like this on again, off again, mostly off again for four years. But finally at the end, and, and Big talks about this, uh, I think it's season four when he starts dating that uh, famous actress yeah. and, and he says, she can call me, but I can't call her. her. Oh my God, I lived that because I told this guy, I called him up and I'm like, look, because we hadn't seen each other for a while and he had pissed me off and I, and I wanted to go out and have dinner and I just wanted to date. And so I was like, here's the deal. I can call you and if you're available, that's great. We'll go out. And if you're not available, then you could just wait for my next call. Don't call me. <laughs> And, 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 and the reason I told him that was because I would I didn't want to get mad anymore. I just I just he wasn't my boyfriend and I didn't want to get pissed off when he didn't call me on a Saturday or whatever. So I thought if I'm the one in control, then he's not going to piss me off. And it was so funny because it was I think it was Valentine's Day, which was the day that he would have never called me in a million years. And he knew that I was kind of maybe going to be dating this other guy. And he, he called me up and he was like wanting to see what I was doing. And I was laughing so hard because I was at home and, you know, screening my calls. And I was listening to this guy, you know, being jealous. And but in the end, it was funny because it was like he wasn't allowed to call me. And we actually wound up going. That was the longest time we dated eventually he pissed me off and it really did end but it was just like oh my god sex in the city was like revisiting my youth almost yeah but it was, it's sort of like um what a lot of us went through but on steroids mm -hmm. i mean it wasn't quite that you know right th that much of everything but but the circumstances are, are things that most women um you know single professional women can yeah. can relate to of that era and, and perhaps even now, although it also didn't make sense, they lived, you know, with Samantha living all the way downtown, that they right. would get together as often as they did. <laughs> They're all available. You know, you've got one who's a partner in a law firm. Um, and so professionally, she has nothing in common with any of them. Right. But she has all this time to exactly. <laughs> breakfast. And yes, and I mean, the, the, it, so a lot of that just doesn't. But, but I love the show. Yeah. Um, because so much of it is relatable. And in order to make it a show and a series and their movies and everything, and now the, the sequel, they have to sort of, go with things that are they have to, they have to take real life and condense it so Cond that the exactly. interesting stuff is, is is all there together well so. you know Aiden is going to come back for uh the next season yeah so I'm yeah, interested that's what that's what I'm hearing I'm did really you interested. did you like the, the the um the reboot I criticized it a lot but I watched the whole thing and I know Jen Kirkman does the same. She criticizes it constantly, but she keeps watching it. I got I warm I warmed up to it. There were things that were pissing me off. Like I didn't like the idea that everything, you know, they they were just like us going through time and experiencing time like all the rest of the world. But then you know this this new show comes and it's like all of a sudden they've never heard of uh, shit that you know 
we're, we're dealing with daily now like it's new to them like they've been gone it's like what do you mean you were here the whole time everything's new to you now what's the deal with that and I also just didn't like uh, uh of course the whole thing with big you, you watched it right oh yeah okay so when big has a heart attack she just like the phone is right there and she doesn't she doesn't call anybody and she it's like call anybody. what the fuck <laughs> yeah, and then and then moving back into the small apartment yes. doesn't seem very realistic no. either. Like, oh, I can't, I just can't stand to be here. It's like, really? Uh, you probably can. <laughs> yeah, you I probably think you can. Get used to it. But for me, it was it was something because I knew one of the writers on the show for the first season. She's not there in the second. So, but I, I so I knew her, and we used to do political TV together, uh, Kelly Goff, and so because. Yeah, she used to be in the political world. And then, um, and so we were in touch. Uh, and then when I was in New York and everything, so then she gets the job on that show. And then also, Willie Garson, the late Willie yes, Garson, played Stanford right. Latch, and he died two weeks yeah. after you know, they, they finished filming. And he was part of my America Reads the Muller Report. Mm-hmm. And then he was also my podcast, and we had stayed friends. He was so supportive during my cancer and reached out to me, and I didn't know that he was sick. Wow. And so a few after I was done with my treatment and had healed enough, and I wanted to go to New York. And uh, it would have been like August. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go because I I just, just and I had these like hotel points to use, you know, and I mm-hmm. just needed something. Apt. I hadn't been there for a while because of COVID and then my cancer and everything. And so I let him know that I was coming up and we should get together for a drink or something because we'd been in touch. And he said, oh, I ha-, he goes, I can't have you on the set um, because of COVID. He mm-hmm. goes, and I have to be, and we work late at night, and then I have to be in New Jersey for the weekend for a, a wedding. A family wedding and I thought oh my gosh he's blowing me off you know because we've been friendly back and forth and like I said he had sent me um really nice messages and mm-hmm. emails and stuff when I was sick and checked in and everything and um then a few weeks later you know he died and so mm-hmm. now I realized that he just wasn't telling anybody that he was right. sick yeah and he wasn't blowing me off he was right. dying Oh. And um, so, you know, for me, um, I, aside from knowing the characters on this show, yeah. I kind of really do, you know, yeah. and know the people uh, uh, you know, associated with it. So anyway, well, ba- back Boy, in those we, days, we, we have a lot to say about sex in the city, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just like that. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, going back to Kristen's comment about I guess we peaked in the 90s. It's like, I don't know. I mean, certainly we had shit going on then but we weren't freaking out about losing democracy and so you know every day you know when I on uh, election night I was on Mary Trump's show and the general theme was kind of like it used to be election night used to be kind of fun even even though the other side might win you know if you're a Democrat and Republicans won it was like oh man but it wasn't yes. devastating like I'm gonna we're gonna lose everything now we're gonna lose well democracy. and we also yeah you know, I worked on the hill for leadership I was communications director for one of the committees so you know my meetings I was a Republican so I was in meetings in Newt's office you know all the time mm-hmm. and and knew all these people but we would work with Democrats now I was on one of the um the rhino committees everybody thought I was a rhino <laughs> uh, educational workforce committee but we worked with Democrats all the time you know yeah. senior staff and the me- members the principals we'd be in these meetings and the vast majority of what got done on Capitol Hill was done on a bipartisan mm-hmm. basis but cable news at that time and mm-hmm. talk radio was really taking off and um, they only want things that are polarized mm-hmm. and so you get to make a name for yourself in politics you're a member of Congress or mm-hmm. somebody else um, by being polarizing and so it was almost like the dirty little secret that in order to get stuff to, done uh, Republicans and Democrats have to work together and yeah. I had worked for Bob Michael when he was House Republican leader and you know, he, he would, he, he, you know, he'd be with Tip O'Neill all the time hanging out and Tip O'Neill would be at the white house with Reagan and, mm-hmm. and they, you had to work together. Yeah. And, uh, those days are gone. I know. It's so depressing. It's so yeah. depressing. And I just, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where this is going, but I do want to ask you this because the news broke today that a dozen classified documents were found at the home of vice president Mike Pence. So now we've got I know these are different stories because I guess Pence just immediately his lawyer turned them over to the FBI, unlike how Donald Trump handled that classified document fiasco. But we also know that Biden's got classified documents. And I'm just wondering what you think is going to come up all of this. How do you think this is going to play out? I'm sorry. I think that because um, the more innocent ones would have been Pence and and Biden, obviously. I think we all know that. Mm -hmm. I think that it's going to water it down. And I think that... um, I think Trump is uh, going to skate. 
okay, so, okay, let's talk about this because this is the topic that it's not that I, I ask everybody about this and I know you and I have not certain, it's not that we've been on opposite ends of it. It's just that I waited I just thought, okay, I'm going to wait before I make my mind up. I'm at the point now where in 2023, yes, I I do believe we're going to see indictments. But my concern is, and I talked to my mom about this this morning, and uh, I told her I don't necessarily, I I think the disappointment is going to come that Trump isn't going to go to jail. And, you know, maybe if, if he does get indicted and if he is you know found guilty that they're just going to do house arrest at Mar-a-Lago or something like that and my mother has said you know she thinks that there's a chance he could go to jail and that but she said if he doesn't go to jail if he if he just gets house arrest she feels like that's just going to really I don't want to go so far as to say end democracy but basically she thinks it's going to end democracy because then it's like then there is no rule of law then it's not like not everybody is above the law or wait is that what it, no i just said that wrong but there you know what i mean there are some people who are there are above the law yes and so now d okay i know you think he's gonna skate but like i honestly don't think that we're gonna go through all of this and not see at least an indictment i could see where things get mucked up in the process but I think that because of, number one, certain public pressure, uh, I think they've got this special counsel in, um, all of the evidence. I do think you're right. It will be watered down to a degree, and it's not going to be good for democracy. But don't you think there's going to at least be, because there's so many investigations. I know we just found out Fannie Willis is, um, d- decisions are imminent, she says, in Trump yeah. in- investigation. That's also going to be difficult but don't you think there's going to at least be an indictment? Uh, I don't think anything's going to be. I don't think Merrick Garland is doing anything. If Jack Smith does something, Merrick Garland still has to sign off on it. Look, um, if you want to know what someone's going to do, you have to look at what they've always done. Mm-hmm. We've been waiting a long time. And you say after we've gone through all this, well, the only thing we've gone through is waiting for two years mm-hmm. or for a year and a half for something to happen. So there, the emotion that we're putting into it is not equal to the actual action we see the lower level people you were in the capital get punished but nothing's happened to the principles and so mm-hmm. um i've guessed because i worked in politics and on capitol hill and in in policy and everything for such a long time and and, and was in that world for 30 years in washington and then in media and everything after that just been in it so long i don't i'm not as easily um uh <laughs> talked into things like mm-hmm. oh just be patient or oh it's happening and so because I know how these things go and don't go, uh, there is zero reason for Merrick Garland to have done nothing up until this point. There's Mm -hmm. zero reason for the members of Congress who are now serving on key committees to be on those key committees instead of being indicted right now. Um, And we're in this position because of the lack of action. And there could have been indictments and then wait and still investigate the other things and indict some more. You don't have to wait and do everything Mm -hmm. and then do it all at once. Mm Uh, so the people who know about this stuff and our former federal prosecutors and Adam Schiff and others are, are correct to be very concerned about the lack of action. Um, so, you know, I, I don't I don't know, you know after all we've been through. The only thing that will happen is we'll just keep going through it and more time will go by. And what, how many years from now we'll be like, well, what happened? Or, mm-hmm. oh, well, there you go. Um, we just had to let it go. Or there's a good reason why it didn't happen. That's called gaslighting. Yeah. And um, we should be panicked over the fact that nothing has happened um, yet. Um, and, you know, we keep thinking it's going to happen any minute, any day. Well, I hope the special cro- prosecutor does something, and I hope it happens soon. Mm-hmm. But we have no reason to really believe that. Um, I mean, there really isn't. And so I'm just not that easily talked into these things. I think that um, Trump is going to skate because he's skated so far. And there's no reason for him to have skated so far. There is no good, clear explanation for that uh, on all the multiple things that he has skated on so far. So I think we're going to be disappointed. And I think by the time we figure it all out, it's too late. It may already be too late, Kimberly. It may already be too late. And the fact that we have that FBI agent that Mm -hmm. was just um, arrested and indicted for, you know, canoodling um, with the Russian oligarchs (laughs) is, is, is I think a pretty good indication of that. Many of us have known for quite some time that the Southern District of New York and parts of the FBI have been corrupted. I've been saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have 
I know this happened and I know, you know, I mean, we kind of knew it with Comey and Giuliani had people mm-hmm. on the inside. So why is Ray still there? Why are, why mm-hmm. is, why are, have there not been any indictments? Mm-hmm. Why do we still trust them? So we have lots of questions and no answers and time just keeps ticking away and nothing happens. So why do we all still think that any day now, any day now, any day now? Well, the reason I would assume that there might be an indictment coming up, number one, was because I just didn't, I didn't think that we would see one in 2022 for a variety of reasons. I didn't think it was going to happen because the election was coming. I don't agree with it, with the, that kind of a reasoning, but that was one thing that I thought. And also I just thought, well, they want to make sure if they're going to indict that it's going to be an absolute, you know, slam dunk kind of thing. And if we see indictments, it would be in early 23. And that's what I was thinking last year early. So I am going, you know, I I figure I'm thinking there will be indictments, but um, if there are the kind of indictments that we're all looking for and that we all want to see happen, then it's really going to be if there if you know if there is a prosecution then one person is going to decide the fate of Donald Trump whether or not he goes to jail and you know we don't know who that judge is going to be we have no idea who's going to make that decision and that's where really for me it all hinges now if there is no indictment then I mean if he just gets to do everything and have no indictments then I'm going to go ahead and agree with my mom and say democracy is fucked um, yeah, you know when well, I was. I, I think we're closer to that than, than unfortunately we may want to accept. Yeah, uh, and it's, I mean it's I, not looking yeah. good now. If Fannie Willis does something in Georgia, great because I mean just for fun, years or so ago I started putting up pictures, uh, internal pictures of a of a Georgia state prison, which is not nearly <laughs> as nice as a federal penitentiary. You know, for the the white collar crimes or wherever wherever they would would uh, send right. Trump. You know, yeah. in the event that let's just say that justice really is blind and he yeah. actually. You know, and is not above the law, and and would be indicted and prosecuted and imprisoned. Um, you know, it would still be a country club prison, but mm-hmm. the um, the 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 state prisons in Georgia are whew, nasty. <laughs> oh, please. so he he should hope that he gets a federal penitentiary. No kidding. Of a no Georgia kidding. state prison. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I saw Michael Cohen talking about. You know, unfortunately, you know, I always heard people saying, oh, well, the the uh, Georgia one is, you know, where he's likely going to get in trouble. But then Michael Cohen said not necessarily because he can just say, oh, when I said get find me those votes, I just meant, you know, go find those lost votes that are out there. So he can try to tell a jury or whoever, you know, no, my I mean, we all know what his intention was, but he could, you know, legally get away with some shit. So I don't know if that's exactly how it's going to go, but what you just said sounds great. And that would really be fantastic if there was, you know, she said decisions are imminent. So I guess we're well, going to see. And also the governor um, cannot pardon him. Right. Now there is a pardon board and it is uh, majority Republicans, but that still is another step. There's still no guarantee that every Republican on the pardon board or whatever it's called in Georgia would, would pardon Trump. But the governor... Uh, in that state cannot. Wow. Okay, well, you know what? We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back after this message. Hey, this is Kimberly. If you're not already my patron, just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. You can take a look at all the tiers and decide how you want to support the show. Thank you so much. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With a zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available reclining lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. All right, we're back. Okay, here's another fun question for you. Uh... McCarthy, God, I know that he said, referring to Marjorie, I will never leave that woman. I will always take care of her. So we all saw what happened at the beginning of the year with this vote and fucking rapey McForehead and MTG MTG or whatever fucking name is. Now, do you think McCarthy, A, is, first of all, first part of this question is, do you think McCarthy is going to remain the speaker? Hmm. Yes. Okay, and why? 
because of just what you said, he's taking care of the people and kissing their butts and protecting them, the people who would be inclined to make to try and get him out of that speaker's chair. Okay, and so now the second gavel. Yeah. Now the second question is granted. Okay, this the, the Senate is thin, thinly blue, and so is the House. But what what kind of damage do you anticipate from the GOP? Because this is something I'm not sure of. I know they don't because they can't. You know, they can't necessarily pass legislation without the Senate and all of that. What are the things that you anticipate that they're going to do that's going to be destructive? Let's just like get it out of the way now. Uh, the, the obstruction to the basic functions that have to, the things that have to happen and the debt ceiling crap and that, that type of thing. Um, by just not doing the most basic things um, to keep the lights on, mm-hmm. that's where the damage, and they won't, they weren't, they aren't going to be passing any legislation that they're, that they're trying to pass that, that's making their base happy. That's mm-hmm. just not going to happen, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um but they can tie things up, mm-hmm. and and that's where the real danger is. And also, just use it as a big political cudgel and try and build, you know, the MAGA base and mm-hmm. you know change America that way. Now, one of the things that I'd like to see happen is, um, well, here's the thing: if Merrick Garland had in fact indicted the insurrectionists in Congress and Matt Gates and all mm-hmm. the people who should be indicted, yes, uh, these Republican members of Congress, um, if you got them all, if you really really cared about democracy and saving America and the rule of law uh, and, and protecting us. Um, and they were all indicted. And I know this is pie in the sky, but if they were in prison, if they were indicted, prosecuted and in prison, of course that takes time, but mm-hmm. because of this law where you can now have any one member can call a vote mm-hmm. uh, to de-gavel the speakership, to remove the gavel and have a new speaker, have a, you know, have a vote, a single member of Congress can do that. If these Republicans were in prison, the other rule is they now uh, McCarthy is bragging that you cannot vote by proxy. You have to vote mm-hmm. on the House floor. So you can technically be in prison and still be a member of Congress. I looked all this up. And <laughs> but you can't vote, which means any Democrat could call for that vote to remove the gavel. Right. And they could put Hakeem Jeffries in because then they would have the votes. Yeah. Wow. Because, because of all the Republicans in prison. I personally would like to see a Democrat be the first one to utilize this new rule that um, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates wanted where any individual member of Congress and remember McCarthy had to cave to this mm-hmm. he had to accept this at any given time any member of Congress because you can't have a rule that says only a majority member can call yeah. for it. any member of Congress can call to for a vote to remove Kevin McCarthy from the speakership I would love to see a Democrat do that for some really good reasons, namely uh, for removing Swalwell and Schiff from their committees, or for any any other number of, of shenanigans that yeah. McCarthy is going along with. Let 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 the Democrats be the one to call for that mm-hmm. vote. Wow, wow! And to say why, mm-hmm. and to yeah, I think it would be great. <laughs> now, I don't know what it would do, but you know, there might be a day where you catch one of these Republicans on a bad day, and they may vote with the Democrats. True. Uh, you know what? And I want to ask you about that because when I was watching. But then blue, who do you get? You I know. know. Well, they aren't going to vote for the Democrat. Yeah. Well, the, I think the ones who you would get, and this is a big fat if, are the Democrat. I mean, I'm sorry, the Republicans in blue states, like the Re- California Republicans, because they want to get reelected. Do you think there's a chance that some of these like blue state Republicans will side with sane the same Republicans in Congress, and I know there's not very many of them. You mean, or do it, or do it, or at no least with vote? Democrats. Yeah, with the Democrats. I don't know. I don't think anybody can answer that question. Yeah. Yeah, I know they were talking about it. Now there, there is kind but, of. But I'll tell you something. I just thought of something. Huh. What you just said means that those members of Congress would be the ones that can hold the Republican conference together, as opposed to the Marjorie Taylor Greens and yes. the insurrectionist traitors. Yeah. So if they start wielding their power, you know. Yeah. They start pulling it out and swinging it around a little bit. That would um, be really nice. That, yeah. Um, that might, <laughs> the big swing and dick club. Yeah. Yes. If they, no, seriously, if they, if they start doing that, um, that could be a real interesting dynamic. Um, and maybe yeah. they should. Maybe that's how they take back their party a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, have a Democrat call for the vote. Um or even they can call for that right. vote. Yeah. And if you've got enough enough sane Republicans um, who are tired of this Marjorie mm-hmm. Taylor Green crap and people like her taking over, 
you know, that is how they can wield some of their power. Well, and if they're reading the room, if they're looking at how Americans voted in a general sense, I mean, we don't want this crazy shit. That was rejected. Yeah. The only the yeah. only way they won was because of gerrymandering. I mean, look at fucking Santos, and we'll get to him in a minute. But, I mean, he only won because of gerrymandering. And so yeah. they, you know, these these blue state Republicans obviously want to keep their jobs they obviously want to keep power and i would love you know i mean that was being discussed on msnbc one night you know with whoever was on whichever pundits were on saying they thought that that was a possibility of course we're just going to have to wait and see like you said we don't know but we're going to have to wait and see but my other question here is since the i mean okay obviously they it's fortunate for democracy that the republican the Republicans only have a slim majority because with this majority, this slim majority, they are still behaving so crazy. It's They're not taking the lesson. They're not reading the room. So they're acting, for the most part, as a party. They're behaving. I mean, it's just unfucking believable what we're seeing. And then it's coming from the right-wing machine as well. Um, do you think the shenanigans, and I hate the word shenanigans, uh, I just can't think of a better word, but uh, because shenanigans sounds so fun and lighthearted, but it's like the <laughs> the, the the things that like it has seeing. good happy music behind. Right. Yeah. But it's like, do you think that what we're going to be seeing in the next two years is going to benefit the Democrats in twenty twenty four? I don't know. I, I think it's way too early to say. Um, I, I think it depends what the sane Republicans do. Look, at mm -hmm. the, what really matters is what the money behind the Republicans mm -hmm. does. Now, obviously, Marjorie Taylor Greene's got some money behind her. She mm -hmm. didn't just come out of nowhere and be unopposed in Georgia. Mm -hmm. and, and now she's the most powerful woman mm -hmm. in politics, you know, arguably. And, you know, same with Boebert, although she barely won. Mm -hmm. But where did she get her money? Mm -hmm. Yeah, And look how wealthy, you know, even someone like Kristen Sinema got. So there's yeah. something going on here. Somebody is funding people to mm -hmm. do this sort of thing. Um, but I don't think that they are the traditional um, pro-business, you know, Republican right. money bags yeah. behind it. So where does the traditional Republican money go? And hmm. perhaps the traditional, you know, they, they seem like they want some more sanity. They might like some of these other people to put a stop to this and, you know, challenge these mm -hmm. people. And if the way to do that is maybe have that group you know take the republican party hostage instead of the marjorie taylor greens or when they when they call for a vote for speaker and that yeah. sort of thing uh but um my fear is that that dark money that far right wing dark money is so powerful mm -hmm. um and so huge right now that it's too late that the mm -hmm. pro-business republican part of it you know the ones that always had to hold their mm -hmm. nose and put up with the nutcases and the religious right um they no longer have that kind of power and i know this because i had on my podcast uh um, a guest who had worked for in the media and, you know, was very, very clear. He likes to be anonymous, but he's very clear about what's happening. Um, all these cable uh, network you know, where, where CNN is going and where Fox mm -hmm. is and you've got Newsmax and now News Nation going in this direction. You know, they're all scrambled. They're all going right wing. Why mm -hmm. are they doing that? Because there's seemingly an endless amount mm -hmm. of this right wing dark money that's being poured into, um, you know, super PACs being poured into yeah. to uh, TV and they no longer are getting a lot of the product money. Now MSNBC doesn't fall into this category because they're part of NBC, which mm -hmm. still gets product advertising money. Yes, but the cable networks increasingly are fighting for this right-wing dark money, this and the super PAC money, and that's why there's such an imbalance in mm. terms of. Um, I mean, you don't see you have MSNBC, but you don't see something akin to a Newsmax mm -hmm. popping up that's like an MSNBC or a News Nation right. or you know any of these other right-wing um, – well, News, News Nation isn't quite right-wing, but they, they do kind of prefer it. Um, so they're all scrambling for these dollars, and that's what's dictating um, their agenda. Yeah. That's really terrifying, and it's true. And that, you know, I mean, I don't know how we're going to fix that problem. I don't know if if we're going to fix it, and I certainly hope we do because I mean I'm sure you've seen that video of the man in the fast food fast food restaurant yelling "fuck Democrats." Have you seen that? No. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, I mean he he's clearly a MAGA. And I just I I imagine my MAGA relative looking at this video and saying, "Oh, that's Antifa pretending," but it's not. It's just some guy. He's losing his mind and he's screaming. 
fucking Democrats and, you know, like I have kids and fuck you Democrats and he's just losing his mind in a public place. And when I saw this video, you know, we see all these videos coming down our feeds of horrible things happening. And, and in this particular case, it's just, you could just see the right wing machine is radicalizing so many people and they're being manipulated. And it's, it's as like, and we see that most people have that in their families. They see someone, a relative or a family member who is accessing uh-huh. this type of thing and it becomes normalized. And that's why the, the, that's why the people who are maybe can't handle those types of things when it does to their emotions are the yeah. ones that get the assault rifles and go out yes. and, you know, we have these mass shootings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's just, it's, it's rough out there. It's really and rough. It's, it's really um, rough. I mean, yeah, it, well, just like with talk radio, you, we don't have left wing talk radio. I guess they no. tried air America and it didn't work. I don't know why. Um, maybe, I don't know, um, but there's a real imbalance out there. But yeah, so people are accessing this stuff and they are normalizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can say it's Antifa. Okay, mm-hmm. who's telling them that? Fox News, of course, and they believe yeah. it. Yeah, they believe it because Fox News has the name News in it. Yeah, I was on Fox News for 17 years, and I know they started. I mean, they they were had a, they they had a right wing bent, but they weren't dangerous they yeah. started changing around 2003 and i remember privately telling my parents it's different over here be a little mm-hmm. bit careful that was 2003 wow and then of course in 2015 and i've told this story before you know, i'd be there in new york because i did tv for years in dc and new york and i'd be there you know, a couple times a week and each time i went there somebody else had flipped and it was not organic hmm. but they were defending trump and this was in the primary when you yeah. had 15 people running yeah. You expect them to back the Republican, whoever's the nominee, and you know, mm-hmm. MSNBC, you know, back the Democrat. But this was different. And I would get off TV. I'd be out there on the sidewalk. I'd immediately get on my cell phone and call my mom and be like, something weird is happening here. Hmm. And it was and it was just weird. It was like walking in each time, and then somebody else had turned into a Stepford wife. Yeah. You know, wow. they before were laughing at Trump and, oh, yeah, what about, you know. And then all of a sudden they're acting like they're, they're normalizing him. And I'm just looking. I remember, like, when Charles Payne, when he's yeah. like, "Well, I don't know." I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" I was. What did you just say last week, Charles? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, and I knew that something had happened. I knew that you know Eric Bowling was tight mm-hmm. with uh, with like Ivanka and Jared, and so he was pushing this stuff. And you know, I even remember Dana Perino telling me privately that she just didn't understand, um, you know, her colleagues and how they were like one by one getting in bed with Trump, and she just didn't understand this because she was anti-Trump. Well. Obviously now, mm-hmm. not. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, because there's a paycheck involved. Then there's a paycheck involved, and so now this brings us to uh, George Santos, name unconfirmed. Uh, the thing is, is I mean, it's really kind of fun to make fun of him, and clearly he's a pathological liar. But I think you know, I think people really need to because I still have fun making fun of him. But I think people really must recognize the danger that he represents because if somebody like that is shielded because he's a fucking warm body, that's all it is. He's shielded because he's a warm body that will vote with Republicans and that's all they care about. And, you know, I mean, the horrible stories coming out of him taking money from a veteran who was raising, you know, GoFundMe money for his sick dog and then the dog dies. Nobody gives a shit if he dresses in drag. It's not the drag that we care about. It's the hypocrisy that we care about. It's always that. Um, somebody like well, him is really scary. I think he's scary. backed by Russians too. I yes. Mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm just look, now looking at, at uh, you know, Talking Points Memo and it's a uh, representative George Santos got funding from the cousin of a Russian oligarch mm-hmm. worked for a firm whose founder said he sought capital investments in Belarus and reportedly connected said firm with said cousin. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, where do you, where does somebody like this get the money to rent? Just like Marjorie mm-hmm. Taylor green. They, they seemingly come out of nowhere mm-hmm. as buffoons, but how are these people even running for office where they can be successful? Um, so I think we have a few plants like that. And these are the mm-hmm. ones that after a while we can kind of recognize mm-hmm. that something's behind it. Um, and I think that there are probably others, many others in Congress um, who are backed in the same way and who are planted there yes. and um, and targeted much in the way Putin targeted mm-hmm. Trump. Some say as early as the 80s, uh, mm-hmm. Russia was targeting Trump. Um, and, and, you know, they know they, they're going to get something out of it. And so mm-hmm. you have to have these bizarre characters with no morals and who lie and who will do anything and who are just complete political whores um uh that's how you know they're not going to go for nice people i mean when russia's you know when they're looking for someone to to pull in and do their dirty work 
Uh, and so these are the people that, that they find. These are the people they come up with. Mm -hmm. Um, they know how to get, um, you know, the bad guys know how to seek out the other bad guys. Uh, Roger Stone has made a career of it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, Paul Manafort. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, look, I mean, look at these guys and the people they surround themselves with and, and, and look at Trump. So it's, it's not, it's, it shouldn't surprise us. And unfortunately we're still telling ourselves, Oh, that can't happen. Or, Mm -hmm. Oh, that's tinfoil hat conspiracy stuff. Well, those of us who have dealt with Trump and his goons, as I have starting in 2015, the stuff that happens to you is just so unbelievable. You get up in the morning, you plant your feet on the ground. You're like, and now you just want to cry. Like, I can't believe I'm living in this nightmare. This bad, you know, John Grisham novel. I can't. Yeah. And, how, and if you talk about it, people think you're nuts. But the people who have been through it mm-hmm. know it's all real. And so we tend to recognize it um, a, a little sooner mm-hmm. because we get it and we know what's what's happening. Um, but I don't see us being as as a, as a society, as a country, being any more sophisticated no. uh, recognizing this stuff than we were in 2015, 2016. No. And you're right, we're not. I, I and you're right exactly of the the media thing that you talked about and the money behind it and the leanings and all of that. It's like, yeah, I mean, the, it, we are not because we're still seeing the both sidesing of all of it, and 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 it, it it is gaslighting because it makes you feel crazy. And the worst part about it is there are people that I know who are older and they're liberal, but they, you know, they're like the '90s Democrat, which is different than you know today's maybe youthful kind of democrat but they're falling for some of this shit they're falling for some of the lies because you know that maybe they're watching cnn all the time and cnn every once in a while if you're watching msnbc you have to question why they have certain people on yes is this person some big expert have they done something or do they work for a super pac that's pouring a lot of money into msnbc or why is this person oh we we like his tweets Mm -hmm. um but there's but that this person is extremely problematic and what the average viewer doesn't understand is they're literally several thousand people um you know even just right in in dc who have real solid legit mm-hmm. experience uh it currently or writing about it or still consulting it or something and and can't get near that stuff because well why why would you put this person on x mm-hmm. instead of finding you know do it you don't even need to do a deep dive to find someone else and yeah. so you should question everything mm-hmm. um i do all the time because i did work in this industry, you know, for, for so many decades and have. And so I'm, I'm a little bit quicker. If I see somebody on TV passed off as an expert, like, why are they putting that person on? Yeah. You know, and if it doesn't add up, it means, okay, there's a reason for there's it. There's a reason. And it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't mean that I'm paranoid. It just means that I get it. <laughs> I've been both in the media, you know, on TV a lot, and then, and then worked in the industry. And so, it, and you, it's just, it doesn't take me as long to catch on. Right. But I'm tired of when I speak up getting slammed for it, you yeah. know, like I'm doing something wrong. So, and that, that's how we stay ignorant, you know? Yeah, it's kill, true. kill the messenger. Well, here's, let's, let's move. The last thing I want to talk about real quick, since both of us, you know, have mentioned and even agreed on, on Twitter, it's like Twitter is a different place now. And yeah. you know, what's really funny though. I will say one positive that's come from it is actor Jeremy London of party of five. Um, he all of a sudden just started coming up on my feed and I never like saw him before. And, you know, I mean, I don't know him other than, you know, his party of five days and also whatever movies he was in. I didn't follow his career, but I always enjoyed him. And then so I had commented something like, you know, well, this is a new thing that I'm seeing, you know, and I I commented underneath of him and I said, I see Jeremy London. So that's a good thing. Um, uh, And I said something about Musk's buffoonery. And then I get, when I go, when I hit post, I get one of those warnings, you know, like, are you sure you want to say that? It's like, fuck you. Of course I want to say this. <laughs> and then, and then, so I had followed Jeremy and he followed me back and that made me all happy. But, um, what I'm, okay. I don't know if you've been following, but Christopher Boozy is coming out with Spoutable. Do you know about that? Uh-huh. So I'm yes, very I've been much, following that. yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it because, you know, I've had Boozy on my show he wants me to call him Christopher when he's on the show, but I just want to call him Boozy all the time, so I call him Boozy. So uh, when he's been on my show, we have a good rapport. 
And I'm very impressed with him. He's very smart. And it's funny because, you know, he can be quite condescending on Twitter to the right people. He's not just a jerk. He, he goes after the trolls. And he's, he's so good at it. And I told him that. I'm like, I love the way that you're condescending on Twitter. But, I mean, of course, when you talk to him in person, he's not condescending. He doesn't yeah, come off that way. Yeah. Um, he's, very, he's a very cool guy. But I, I knew that he was going to, when he announced that he was considering it, I thought if someone's going to come up with basically a Twitter alternative, it's going to be boozy. And at the time, for everybody who knows, there's this other website that, you know, I was talking to this guy about, but right now it's just all on hold. It's not happening. So we're just going to wait on this. And frankly, I think that the website, if this ever comes to be, um, getting, you know, getting rid of all the glitches that's going on right now, it would actually be a better replacement for Facebook. And it's a really cool idea because people like you and me could make money off of it. Um, and I'm not going to get into too much of the details, but your average influencer would be able to monetize their feeds. And, uh, you know, you'd have to have a certain, it's just like YouTube. You'd have to ha hit a certain criteria in order to get that monetization. But unlike Twitter, unlike Facebook, you know, there's ads on Facebook that, you don't get any, you're not making any money, they are. So in this new site, there's a possibility, there's a way for just, you know, regular people who have decent followings to make passive income from that. I mean, I don't think you could pay a rent on it, but, you know, you might be able to buy some groceries with it or something. But that would have to come along, you know, I think we need to, because I'm absolutely moving to Spoutable. I'm going to use Twitter. I mean, I'm on post, but I'm just not impressed with it. I'm on post on Mastodon, and then I stopped. I yeah, found, me too. Uh, Mastodon to be a little clunky, and plus yes. it just takes so long to to build up a following. But uh -huh. I, you know, I have a placeholder there in case Twitter falls apart, yep. and Twitter is definitely sputtering. Yes, it is. It's terrible. It's just not the same experience that it was. I'm just not seeing anybody anymore. No. Um, I don't get all of my mentions. I have to wait for them, and then they don't even come up, not that many of them. Yeah. Uh, I'm not seeing the people that I have to go look for the uh, mm -hmm. people that I used to uh, see in my feed. And, yes, I'm doing a thing where I, I don't do the for you. I do right. only people following. following. And I yeah. did cut out people who don't um, either don't give their phone number or don't give their email. You can cut out some of the bots and trolls that way so you don't see it. Oh, I didn't um, know. As, you... as a quality control, yeah. Interesting. Okay. In, in settings. Because, you know, um, if, if, if someone's a bot and they've yeah. got a bunch of different accounts or they're, you know, they're not going to give a, a phone number or email. Mm -hmm. And so I, I forget which one I cut out. First I cut out both and I wasn't seeing anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but my follower list has sort of frozen. Yeah, um, mine too. I'm not, I'm not seeing anything that I used to, to see, really. I have to go looking for you. Um, and mm -hmm. so I get things showing up in my feed that are just weird blue check marks, the ones that pay $8 and, you know, <laughs> or follow me and they aren't anybody I know. or it, Right. And, um, and so, yeah, so Elon Musk has, has done this, and I think that he's not doing it alone either. No, I he think that not. he's probably in bed with Russians. We already, well, we're mm -hmm. finding out more about that too mm -hmm. um, with him in the last couple of days. So I think that, that Putin has infiltrated mm -hmm. so many aspects of our lives and we're only just now figuring it out and it might be too late. And I don't mean to be a doomsayer, but I am one of those people who kind of starts, you know, shooting at flares mm -hmm. uh, early on and then people say you're crazy and then we find out later, <laughs> oh gosh, you were right, but that's over now, you know? <laughs> and yeah, uh, so it's- um, No, I've been afraid of the Elon. I mean, last year I was very upset learning that Elon, and I don't even remember because it was funny. Bob kept saying to me, oh, don't worry about Elon, what we need to worry about, and then I can't even remember, because it's like, it's like it was in April. Maybe he was saying what we need to worry about is the election, or whatever it is. But I kept telling him, like, no, this guy, he's fucking dangerous. I, don't, I know this is bad news. And obviously, you know, what, what's really fascinating, if you go to the analytics on your Twitter, and you look at October... You know, every month I could go down and see, and I never looked at analytics before, but now I'm a social media manager, so now I do. But what I noticed was for all of last year, it'll tell you in your analytics, like, you know, how many people visited your profile, how many new followers you got. Well, I always got new followers. Some months I got 200, some months I got 1,700. It just depend on the month for whatever reason. October, it has me at a negative and I lost, oh I lost, I, I remember I started this at, I think it was like either 89, maybe 89.9 or 88.9. I think it was like 89.9 thousand. And then it dropped 
down to, I think I went down to 84. Now I'm at 88 again, but it's just, it's just holding steady and it won't move. I had a big, huge drop. And then I went on Twitter and I said, I just lost like five or 6,000. And then within 10 minutes, I got like a thousand more. And within a couple of days, uh, all five and then more. And then I got higher than I'd ever been. So there were clearly bots and trolls. Yeah. So I'm at 131.1 and I've been there for a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so, kind of it's yeah. just staying. So, and it is hard to build a new following, but I'm looking forward to Boozy because he just sent Spoutable just sent something. If you've signed up, you got something in your email, and he's listing all of the advantages that we're going to have, and he's talking about you know why it's going to be better than Twitter, and I trust him for sure, you know, over both Jack and Elon. But he he I, he did say. Initially, we won't be able to upload our own videos because that's expensive and he's going to have to wait for advertisers, but you could still post videos, just not uploading your own. So, um, but I'm really excited because I think I'm going to use my Twitter because Twitter is still something people are, you know, big names are still on it. President's still on it. So, you know, you know, you want to be around where all the action we're, we're is. We're all on it and we don't yeah. like it because Elon is screwing around yeah. with it. But I don't think anybody's going anymore. And I don't know if people are really using Mastodon or Post anymore. No, they, it's all, just not the it, same. Yeah. But I, I don't think, hear about it anymore. Yeah, I think we're going to, I think Spoutable, I knew about Boozy was just going to create the alternative that's going to be a better version. What, what we like about Twitter and then stuff that is better than what Twitter Twi- offers. Twitter without bots and trolls. Yeah. And I mean, you know what? I don't, I want a certain amount of, I mean, I want conservatives on there. I want people I disagree with. Um, yeah. But I don't want the hate, the hate and, you know, and all of the Well, and a lot of Nazi the hate shit. is uh, people who are anonymous because they're bots. Yes. I mean, I, I get, I, I get really beat up on my people and I say I wish they wouldn't allow anonymous they say oh but because of my job or because of this or I would get in trouble and everything and first of all I don't know how much of that is true I'm sure it's true with some jobs I guess um but there has to be a way where at least the you know Twitter itself or or you can make your account whatever it is where they know Right. Um, and it's not, they don't make it public. It's, it's secret. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, like your social security numbers mm-hmm. would be secret or something. So they know only if you're doing something, um, illegal or mm-hmm. ho- completely bad, then they can boot you off and right. you don't get another account, but that's how you make sure that there's one account mm-hmm. per person. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the people that have a business one and a separate one. Right. They always come back with that. It's like, we're not talking about, we're just talking about, uh, one person, one account. Mm-hmm. And, um, if you if you're so afraid if you're in a job that they can't know your political views if you're on Twitter I I, I don't know make it private I, I guess, you just make I guess it private that, yeah I mean I guess that could be difficult um, but right now there's such a bot uh, and troll problem mm-hmm. and I think it put uh, Trump in the White House mm-hmm. the first time mm-hmm. they were faking support that wasn't there and then beating up people and intimidating people and ruining people yeah. to the degree that they can spreading lies or whatever and and filth um, trying to make someone or their um, their messaging their messages and what they were saying seem more unpopular than it was that's yeah. real dangerous and it that's is. how we got Trump and that's how Putin got a foothold into uh, the key parts of our society. Yeah, and I mean, on Twitter, I mean, I'm sorry, on Facebook, you can, just like on Twitter, you can do it too, but you can just lock your account. You know, if, if that's what you're concerned with, lock your account so that your employer, and don't let your employer on. And employers shouldn't be, you know, I remember when I was doing, this was 2012, I think, no, 2011. And it was before I really got into politics and blogging and everything, but I was an author and I was selling my book. This woman that I used to work for she was my friend on Facebook and then she hired me again and I was really pissed because it was like well now she's my boss <laughs> and she's on my social media and I didn't want to like you know because I saw her looking at other employees going why are they on Facebook in two at two in the afternoon and it's like I don't know maybe they're at fucking lunch you know it takes no yeah. minute to post something it takes one minute to post something so but yeah I mean make it so you have locked out everybody you just have a locked account and you only let certain people in and that's what i would do if you're really concerned because it's true the well but even on twitter if you're tweeting something and it has nothing to do with your actual job Mm -hmm. um i mean there are exceptions to this then you know unless unless you're being obscene right or something like that but if it has nothing to do with your actual job then why would they 
care. Yeah. Um, I mean, we see this, uh, you know, in, in some red small towns or something, people are afraid to, you know, have a Biden bumper sticker or something. Um, and then maybe there's some places where people who are Trumpers are afraid to, to let others know, although I think that's less yeah. common. Right. Um, so, so it, it, it does exist, but I don't buy this on Twitter all of the people who claim that they can't, their tweets can't be known because of their, their job. Yeah. Maybe, you know, I mean, I, for your political views or is it when you want to call somebody dirty names? Right. Or lie exactly. Or, yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of hurts things overall yeah. um, for those of us who do use our names and have to be accountable. Um, and, um, or we get lied about. Yeah. or the wrong part of the story gets out and all of a sudden you're ruined because then you have to be tracing it down for the rest of your life to correct it or give all the details. Um, so, you know, we become a little bit sensitive on that stuff, but I do think, um, and, and this is something that kind of came up today too. I see people back and forth when people lie to reporters mm -hmm. and they are the secret source, should they be outed? And that's come up in the context mm -hmm. of, um, this um, FBI agent who was arrested for you know, basically treason, you know, taking money and working with the Russians while he was at the FBI. And he was the one they're saying who um, gave the New York Times um, the scoop mm -hmm. uh, in, in 2016 saying, oh, there's there's no was it 2016? There's no Russian. There's no Russian collusion. You know, there's nothing yeah, they found. Right. Or, and the one who maybe was, you know, some weird source on, on the Hillary emails, mm -hmm. you know, so we have this guy, um, God, I forget his name right now, um, Mick, uh, what was his name, he, who was arrested, and mm -hmm. we're finding out all of this stuff about him and um, and what he did. Now, so it's uh, Mick Gognable, that's his <laughs> name. And so if he was the source for uh, the New York Times saying, yep, FBI yes. found, found nothing, found nothing, right. all clear. Um, that should be then the reporters at, at the New York Times should be saying that it was him. They're, they should be doing a retraction, and I think that protects reporters too, because yeah. this means, Kimberly, that anybody can pick up the phone mm -hmm. and say anything to any reporter uh, that's not true and give it to them as a secret source, mm -hmm. and then you know cause that kind of mischief or, or worse, um, and then get away with it, and the reporter also not being held accountable. Yeah. So. You know, that's a problem. And you can ruin people that way, too. And I know too often, I hate saying this, but reporters will protect someone who's a really good regular source for them by not outing them on some big things. And I know that they yeah. protected Michael Caputo and I know they protected Kellyanne Conway hmm. because um, they they trade in information, mm -hmm. even if it's false information. Wow. Oy vey. Well, there's just so much shit going on and times are crazy. I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's just like times are crazy. And I always talk about on my patrons only show, I like to get a little bit philosophical, a little bit spiritual. And I, I always kind of like mix the two of them up because for me, it's like the the physical life, real life and all of everything that's happening has an effect on us. And it you know, it's just like I'm I'm going through I know both of us are, you know, going through certain kinds of times in our lives and having issues here and there. And it's just it doesn't it doesn't feel good when the country that you live on seems to be teetering. And that's like I started this off with, you know, Kristen's quote that I guess we peaked in the 90s. And I mean, I hope that we find our way out of this. And the only thing that can really keep me going is that I mean, I'm grateful we save democracy. There's positives there for sure. Um, but there's a lot of negatives that we still haven't addressed and we, we need to address if we want to save this democracy. And I know that in, you know, in history, we've seen really horrible things happen. And then after that, good things happen. So I'm just hoping we get to a place where the good things start happening, happening on the regular because we well, need as, that. Well, as someone who's worked in politics um, for decades, you know, my entire adult life, politics, political media, um, there's always the political stuff. And yeah, so there's yeah. always the tug and pull. And you get used to that because that's the nature of politics. But I have never, ever been in a situation uh, that we've had in this era of Trump yeah. and how it keeps getting worse with what we're discovering, the damage mm -hmm. that's been done. Uh, that we're always on the edge of our seat and, you know, you know where we're really this uncertain about the future of our yeah. country. And so I do have that perspective of comparison 
yeah. you know, many years working right in the thick of it versus where we've been since 2015 and how it keeps getting worse. And so I, and I can tell you that this is different yeah. and this does feel different and it's alarming and painful. Mm-hmm. And, and although we don't, what we've been talking about, you know, for the last several years on this and we still don't have solutions. Yeah. A resolution, rather. Well, maybe the next time you're on, it'll be better. <laughs> I hope so. We'll have to drink when we do the podcast so we can celebrate. <laughs> oh my Drinking God. while podcasting. Drinking I'm while for podcasting. It. <laughs> All right. So, as I tell everybody before they go, tell us where to find you. Well, you can always find me on Twitter at Sherry Jacobus and also my podcast, Politics with Sherry Jacobus. I'm on Patreon and the link is uh, on my uh, my Twitter profile, uh, as well as my website, SherryJacobus.com. Awesome. And of course, my books are on Amazon. I'm author Kimberly, L-E-Y at the end of my name. And of course, it's always good to talk to you, Sherry. Thank you so much good for coming on. You too. All right. You take care. Bye.